Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Global Cancer Conference. It's truly an honor to have each and every one of you here today, and we are truly grateful for all of our sponsors. Thank you. And now at this time, I welcome our Master of Ceremonies, Dr. Lakeisha James. She's the CEO and founder of Designer Events by Lakeisha. Welcome, Dr. Lakeisha James. Thank you, Rajani Sabad. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And on behalf of Life Service Center of America, LLC, and our host, Regine Sabat, we welcome you to the Global Cancer Conference. Tonight is an event survivors will be sharing their journey on cancer. For those who are watching, you may know someone who has experienced cancer, you may have experienced cancer, or may be going through right now. We want you to know that we're here to support you, and this event will definitely be a blessing to you. I'd like to introduce our host, Regeline Sabat. She's a motivational keynote speaker, five-time best-selling author, life coach, first-generation Haitian American, the host of Walk With Me podcast on JRQ TV, financial expert, and CEO and founder of Life Service Center of America, LLC, and which is also endorsed by Les Brown. So welcome, Gigi. Thank you so much for this platform. Thank you. Such an honor to be here with each and every one of you today. And this event is truly to raise awareness and to educate others about cancer in a positive manner. And I'm just truly grateful for all of our speakers and our sponsors. Thank you. Thank you, Gigi. So we, um, our keynote speaker could not be here. We want to send our prayers to Amy P. Kelly. Her father had a medical emergency. So we're praying for you, Amy. Blessings to you and your family. So I want to introduce our keynote speaker. Jocelyn McClure. She's a public speaker, author, soon to be published in Les Brown's Ignite the Hunger in You. Jocelyn McClure has been a realtor in the Washington, D.C. area since 1991. She's a graduate of the Duke Ellison School of the Arts, class of 1978, and attended the Catholic University of America on a vocal music scholarship. Her involvement with Ellison has spanned decades, from attending as a student to become the inaugural president of of the formerly recognized DESA Alumni Association, which has helped found in 2005 to currently serving in the capacity of co-president of the DESA Alumni Association. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our keynote speaker, Mrs. Jocelyn McClure. Hello, everyone. Thank you all so much for being here with us. I'm gonna share just a bit, a bit, a bit about my journey with cancer and try to encourage you no matter what to stay positive. My journey started when I was just 27 years old. I had just had a second child and I was looking forward to a great and full life ahead. What hit me was a diagnosis of cancer that I could not have expected. At such a young age, I was really, really scared. Back then, especially the treatments hadn't actually evolved the way they have now. The dietary necessities that one has when you have cancer and you're trying to come through, none of that information was as prevalent as it is now. So if you're going through a journey now, I really wanna encourage you to stay positive. It's really important that you address the dietary needs that you have. It's really important that you address your own emotional needs. 
We need support. We need help as we're going through cancer. I was diagnosed with breast cancer. I had two small children and I was really scared, but there was support for me. And, need, and needless to say, family and friends are extremely important. Your attitude, your mindset are all extremely important when it comes to cancer and the treatment. And so I'll tell you some of the things that I did to get through. I actually went ahead and after treatment, I was, a, I was a member of a church, I still am. And of course, prayer was extremely important in my journey. I prayed, I prayed with my doctors, I prayed about my doctors. I asked God to really give me the strength to get through. My children were a tremendous blessing through this time. You have to be willing to be honest about your journey, about what you're experiencing, because people, believe it or not, really do want to help. Your family wants to help. Your friends want to help. Your children want to help. Let them know what you need. Let them know how you're feeling. At any given moment, you can be feeling really good, and then the next minute, you're taking it back a little bit. That's okay. That's okay, because what you have to know and understand is that when you're not sick, you have good days. When you're not sick, you have bad days. So certainly, as you're going through this journey, you can really pull on your resources, pull on your friends and your family. Maybe you just need to get out for a drive. Maybe you just need to go sit by some water and take a good day just to reflect and just rejuvenate yourself. It's even been said that walking barefoot in the grass helps, right? So there are many things that you can do to help guide yourself through this journey. It's not necessarily going to be easy, but you don't have to allow the things that have impacted your past to have a negative impact on your future. Cancer is not any longer a definitive death sentence as it was thought to be many, many years ago. Not so. You having an upward look is only going to increase your chances of having a great journey. It's not going to be easy all the time, but I promise you, I promise you, if you keep a good attitude about it, maybe journal sometimes, that will help you get some of your feelings out, that will help you kind of put things into perspective. You begin to get really, really grateful for your family, for your friends, for your loved ones, for the people that are close to you. You get really grateful for those folks at difficult times. So take the time that you need to really appreciate them. Do some reading, do some reflecting, do some reading on the kind of cancer that you have to make sure that you're giving yourself all of the tools at your disposal to help you get through the journey. It's extremely important that you keep a positive mindset. That is one of the most important things that you can do. I've actually had cancer three times, but I'm here. I am here and I'm glad to be here. I am happy. I am relatively healthy. Amen. I could stand to lose a little weight, but that's okay. I'm working on it. But all in all, I feel really great. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful for friends, family, for my pastors, and for all of those who have allowed me to share my journey with them. Be assured that even though you may not think they want to share your journey with you, they do. They care 
and there'll be a wealth of support in these times. I need you to understand that your mindset is one of the most important components of your journey. Make sure that you feed yourself positive, encouraging messages. Make sure that you stay positive as much as possible. Don't allow one down day to cause you to have a downcast spirit. Do what you need to recover and come on back and fight like the dickens for the life you deserve. I need you to do that. Can you commit to doing that for me? Raise your hand if you can commit to doing that. It's important. It's an important part of the journey. I thank you all for allowing me to share. I appreciate you all so much. Stay tuned for some wonderful speakers after me. And I ask you with everything that's in me, be positive. That's gonna be more healing than anything else. Be positive. I'm Jocelyn McClure. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you, Jocelyn. Thank you. So there's a reason why I didn't wear makeup today because I know these stories are gonna to touch me. And I'm so proud of all of you sharing your story. Kudos to all of you. You all guys are amazing warriors. I'm gonna introduce our next speaker is CJ Grace, ex-BBC journalist and author of the Harmonious Infidelity Self-Help Book, Adulterous Wife, How to Thrive Whether You Stay or Not. After receiving a copy, Ariana Huffington invited CJ to be the HuffPost contributor. CJ also blogs about infidelity, breast cancer, and social issues on Thrive Global and on her websites, adulteresswife.com and rentabert.com. CJ has completed her second book, Hotel Chemo, My, My Wild Ride Through Breast Cancer and Infidelity, a warts and all comic self-help memoir. She dealt with the double whammy of discovering her husband's infidelity and shortly after being diagnosed with breast cancer by refusing to be a victim and keeping her wrecked sense of humor. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, CJ Grace. Welcome. Thank you, Lakeisha. Well, you know, I'd been living a charmed life, my dream job with the BBC as a journalist in Britain, then a transfer to work for China Radio International in Beijing, and a fairy tale falling in love with an American I met there. Our 25th wedding anniversary was the best one ever, spent in Hawaii. Little did I know that just two years later, both my marriage and my health would be in tatters. My husband was openly carrying on an affair with a woman half his age whom he refused to give up and I was diagnosed with breast cancer for the second time. I carried that dreaded BRCA gene that Angelina Jolie had believed could be a death sentence. So my humorous self-help book, Adulterer's Wife, How to Thrive Whether You Stay or Not, was inspired by dealing with the emotional roller coaster that infidelity put me on. My staunch belief that the best revenge is to get past the need for it became the mantra of that book. When I was diagnosed with cancer for the second time, I began writing my second book, My Wild Ride, How to Thrive After Breast Cancer and Infidelity. My cancer mantra was, information is power. I couldn't rely on my husband's support and I had to be my own advocate. 
My journalism skills, though, came in handy to research treatment options. I negotiated a less toxic chemo cocktail for my triple negative tumor than my oncologist had originally planned, substituting carboplatin for adriamycin. I refused the double mastectomy that my surgeon recommended, opting for a lumpectomy. Some of my friends thought I was absolutely nuts to do that, but I'd come across several women who'd had implant illness after breast reconstruction, and I didn't want to stay flat, as some women are choosing to do these days after a mastectomy. And for my particular circumstances, the survival statistics didn't seem too different between a lumpectomy and a mastectomy. A more dangerous aspect of my BRCA gene profile was the increased risk of ovarian cancer, which has much worse survival rates than breast cancer. I was advised to have my ovaries removed right away, but I waited to do this till I'd gone through menopause to avoid being slammed into it artificially. Until then, I had regular ultrasounds of my ovaries and the CA125 blood tests. I didn't go for a full hysterectomy as some BRCA women do because I wasn't keen on some of the potential side effects. I also read a lot of books about breast cancer. One had an unforgettable title, Dress to Kill, the link between breast cancer and bras by medical anthropologist, Sidney Ross Singer and his wife. They claim the link between bras and breast cancer is stronger than that between smoking and lung cancer. And they make a convincing case in their book. Sadly, mainstream cancer groups won't accept this incriminating data against bras. Instead, they point to one study that was done in 2014 that showed no link between bras and cancer. But that study had no control group, no group of women who did not wear bras. Well, according to the American Cancer Society, the five-year survival rate of non-metastatic early stage breast cancer is close to 100%. That being said, cancer can be a crapshoot. Whatever treatment you undergo, whether conventional, alternative, or both, there are no guarantees, and my choices may not be appropriate for other people. I'm not a doctor, so I would never tell anyone else what they should be doing. Yet, well-meaning but annoying friends and relatives bombarded me with a great deal of unsolicited cancer advice. Some of them insisted that the chemo and radiation I was doing was toxic and wouldn't work. Others told me that the complementary therapies I chose to do as well were pure quackery. People would get as worked up and evangelical about alternative versus allopathic medicine as folks do about politics and religion. I would have needed more than 72 hours in a day to take up all the anti-cancer stuff people insisted I had to do. Breast cancer on top of my partner's infidelity taught me that I had an expiration date and that nothing is permanent. So many people put off doing what they really want to do until tomorrow. And tomorrow never comes. On my deathbed, 
Would I care about how tidy my kitchen was? How many emails or posts on social media I'd written? No, I'd want to have had a life of love and laughter that was creatively and spiritually fulfilling. I would want to have found my purpose. So I hope you've enjoyed or at least got something useful out of what I had to say today. I'm CJ Grace, and you can find out more about my work and access some free resources on cjauthor.com. That's cjauthor.com. I'm so grateful to the amazing Gigi Sabat. Gosh, you're such a powerhouse of a woman, Gigi, and all the sponsors for putting on this cancer conference and inviting me to be a part of it. Thank you so much. Thank you, CJ. Thank you, CJ, for sharing your story. Thank you. Um, it's always a pleasure seeing you on these platforms. Our next speaker is Tony Millican Larson, my sister friend. She's a best-selling author and inspirational speaker, Healing Broken Women. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Tony Milliken Larson. Welcome. Thank you, Gigi, and thank you, Lakeisha. It's so nice to meet all of you. Um, breast cancer is not something that I truly wanted to go through, but I did. And it came kind of like CJ after um, going through an ordeal with my ex-husband and his infidelity. So it shows you right there what the stress can do to the body. Stress causes those endorphins to just go crazy. And if you don't take care of them, it can lead to a lot of health problems. But in finding my lumpectomy, um, I was um, made an appointment really quick, like with my gynecologist. She sent me to go and to quickly get an ultrasound. And they did a biopsy at that time. And it was within just a batter of three days that I went in and I had surgery and they removed the lumpectomy. So for me, it was amazing. The fact that everyone was so quick to, to take care of it and to get me in for surgery. And it was just like, everything just went, um, you know, right into place. And afterwards then to go in and of course I get my reports and then I get, and I get to talk with the nutritionist. And so for me personally, I cannot have sweet peas, nor can I have sweet potatoes. So try to have Thanksgiving dinner without sweet potatoes. It just is not any fun whatsoever. But mine was because of the type of hormone um, that caused my breast cancer. So those are the reasons that I could not have the sweet peas or the sweet potatoes. Mine was caused in a, not only from stress in my life, but the fact that the doctor had me on testosterone. And I had been on it for so long and oh no, it doesn't cause breast cancer, but they, um, the lab, I forget what they call him, but anyway, he said, yes, that that was probably more of the reason. I um, had previously went through radiation because of a brain tumor that I carry. And so I was able to go back to my same radiologist and just to have the support from the same people amazing people that I had already dealt with to have um, friends and family around me and to guide me through that. It's, it's what you need because if you go it alone, you're just going to be devastated. I don't think that there's anything that anyone should have to go alone and to be supported by other people and encouraged. 
you know, and even those ones that say, well, you know, it gets probably really bad and stuff. And, and, you know, and I'll agree with the ladies to stay positive. That's, that's the key right there to stay positive. And yes, I was very devastated when I got that call. Um, I remember answering the phone and I just slid down the wall to the floor. I did because it's not something that you want to hear, but it's, it's made it a journey that I can be thankful for today because of the amazing people that I have met, the other ladies that I can support here in our little community, they do a walk. And so one time I was able to do that and I had my team, my family around me and we did the walk around the park and it helped in raising money for the cancer um, providers here in town. And so it was an amazing journey, but it's something that you truly you don't want to go with. And I said I would never get tattoos. Well, it ruined that because now I got three tattoos where the radiation had to hit. And my amazing oncologist, um, she recommended that I go on the tamoxifen. And I just really prayed about it. And I thought, no, because I took one pill and I got so sick from it. And so I said, nope, I'm going to do this. I'm going to walk on it in faith. And so um, the first of the year is five years. And I'll tell you that on the 19th, which is Tuesday, it's been five years that I got to ring the bell, that my radiation was all finished and complete. So, and I'm, I'm healthy. Yeah, I have issues and stuff like that, but I like to take care of myself. And my worst thing is I'm a chocolate lover and I should stay away from all sugars, but yeah, so nutrition is a big, big thing, that is for sure, and staying active, but being positive mentally and um, with your spirit, it's a big help. My grandmother died in 1980 for breast cancer, and I remember watching her suffer so much in the hospital because back then there just wasn't a lot of treatments. I mean, they did, you know, chemo, so her last few months she was on morphine and she just laid there in the bed and I swore I will never, ever be that way. I will be a fighter. I am a survivor. I am a fighter. And I, I love to um, be able to share that story and to encourage other women because it can be a very devastating time. But I am Tani Lee Larson and I am a survivor. Amen. That's right. You're a survivor and a warrior. Tony, and, and also too, can you explain to the audience, what does it mean to ring the bell? Yes, when you have completed all of your radiation treatments, there is a bell, um, and I believe it's in all, all places, cancer centers, um, and you get to go out there with your doctor, and my doctor is my most favorite doctor, and so Dr. Padada and I stood there, and I got to ring the bell, and that means that I survived, and that I did all of the treatments that I needed to, and so from there forward, I was moving forward, but it's amazing feeling when you get to ring that bell. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, Tony. Yes. And congratulations on five years. Well, thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your story, Tony. Our next speaker could not be here tonight, but we do have a video of him sharing his story. I will introduce him and then I will pull up his video. 
Dr. Yan Leifman, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, has been recognized as one of the top international researchers in oncology by the American Society of Hematology and American Society of Clinical Oncology. He has contributed to the development of several anti-cancer therapies, therapies that have recently entered clinical trials and new treatment recommendations of care. His successes have been recognized by the Goldwater Research Foundation, Sigma XI, New York Times, ABC, and Harvard Medical School. During the COVID-19 pandemic, he was recruited to join the Global COVID-19 Task Force to serve as Director of Immunology Division, which produced one of the first mechanisms for SARS, COV-2, and COVID flu, along with therapeutic interventions for both. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Dr. Yan Leifman. Okay. Hold on for one second. Here it is. Oh, there we go. Okay. Can you all see the screen? Oh, can you see that? Yes. Uh-oh. Give me one moment here. Bear with me. Technology. Yes, it's real life. It happened. <laughs> there we go. Thank you so much for the kind introduction. My name is Yan Lee. And I, I am one of the few survivors of the after effects of Chernobyl. We lost audio. You're muted, Gigi. You can't hear it, Dr. Lakeisha? No, no, you was on mute. Okay, so we'll go ahead and start it back. My apologies, sorry about that. Here you go. Can you hear it now? Thank you so much for that kind introduction. My name is Yan Lee. And I, I'm one of the few survivors of the after effects of Chernobyl from the largest hospital in the former Soviet Union. Growing up in this area, radiation was everywhere. Although I was without symptoms initially, I began to experience widespread symptoms by the time that I turned two. And those included diffuse lymphadenopathy, weeping wounds and cysts all over my body. And I went from clinic to clinic and hospital to hospital with no one being able to diagnose, much less treat. In the largest and most advanced hospital in the former Soviet Union, I was the interesting patient with doctors coming from all over the country, but none, none could diagnose nor offer me any respite. Eventually I was put on palliative care with my condition retrograding by the day. I remember those feelings of helplessness like it was yesterday. But my parents, my parents were there for me and they inspired me to never give up. I'm alive today because of them. I'm alive because they, they connected me with life-saving care abroad. The medical staff's warm and proficient care not only saved me, but also led me to find purpose and an appreciation for internal medicine that's continued to resonate throughout my medical training. Now, while in college, my mother, she was diagnosed with cancer. 
watching this malignancy debilitate her was the hardest thing that I've ever witnessed. Now, through it all, we also had additional challenges as she was dropped by her insurance and later by her physician. This was, of course, before the Affordable Care Act. And so there was a period of time when she was not getting any therapy. I promised her. I promised that I would not lose her. And so I channeled all of my energy into results to find a novel therapy for cancer to save my mom. As an undergraduate student and the healthcare proxy for the family, I learned what it meant to be a patient navigator before knowing what one even was. Thankfully, my mother was saved by standard therapies. After I was able to get her new insurance and then connect her with a new oncologist. In the interim, my research fortunately yielded a novel anti-cancer therapy that entered clinical trials after I graduated. But, but seeing the effects of chemo and radiation therapy, I felt and was motivated to find a better way to treat cancer. And this led me to a lab at Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center, which pioneered CAR T-cell therapy, which is a new type of precision medicine that uses a patient's own immune cells turns them into heat-seeking missiles and reinfuses them back into the patient's body to seek out and destroy cancer, largely sparing normal tissues. And so I took a research sabbatical so that I could care for my mom before applying to medical school and engaging in this important research. This therapy would go on to receive US FDA approval in 2017. My work resulted in a development of a new gene targeting platform that improved efficacy while decreasing the side effect profile that soon after entered clinical trials one and a half years ago and has now saved the lives of several patients with advanced diseases, just like that of my mom. This therapy has demonstrated tremendous results. In just last week, it was elevated to first line for patients with diffuse large cell lymphoma who relapsed. This therapy is now being applied to solid tumors with promising data released in patients afflicted with breast cancer. Now, I was the child. I was the child that was never supposed to make it, but did. I'll never forget what it's like to be a patient or a caretaker for that matter. I'm grateful to be alive and I live every day like it's my last. However, my life's challenges have molded me into the person who I am today. I'm passionate about pioneering novel therapies to improve outcomes for patients. And each day I strive to be the best physician that I can be, who makes time and listens to his patients, engages in shared decision-making, and most importantly, most importantly, advocates on their behalf. In closing, I apply the lessons learned from my life experiences to improve the health of my community and become a driver of discovery so that I can positively impact my patients' lives similarly to the physicians who had saved me as a child. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Yan. Yes, thank you, Dr. Yan, for sharing your story. Our next speaker is Erica Mitchell. 
Erica is known as the shoe maven in the making. Erica M specializes in providing the trendiest, chicest styles and shoes and fashion, creating memorable shoe statements that will be the talk of the town forever. Her motto, trends change, style is everlasting. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Erica Mitchell. Welcome. Hey everyone, I hope everyone is having an awesome Friday. Um, well, thank you again, um, Gigi and Keisha for having me on. Um, some of the stories has just been so powerful. Um, a little bit about I'm, myself is not a cancer survivor or warrior, but I have had, you know, different um, people in my family, especially my grandfather, who was a three-time cancer survivor. Um, when I was, when I first started my shootique, I started, one of my good friends, she developed breast cancer. And in order to motivate her, I will always create things for her that will help her keep going forward and not really focus on when she was going through chemo and so many different other things. And that's when I started creating custom shoes for cancer survivors. Um, the custom shoes that I create, create for cancer survivors, I have created for cancer survivors all over this globe. Um, and it's to encourage each survivor that regardless of what you go through, you can still walk in faith and hold your head up, regardless of what you go through. And that has been something very touching for me. I started it in 2015 and I'm still doing it today. And so um, I just wanna say to every survivor, well, I like to say warriors, cause it's definitely a war when you go through that. I, like I said, I watched my grandfather do it three times. And the fourth time when he was diagnosed with bone cancer, that's actually the one that, you know, called him home. But it's a war, but you can still do it. And I also created the shoot to let people know you can tell your story on your feet with encouraging words and empowerment because you never know how people feel when they're going through that type of issue. So my... My word to every survivor on here and everyone that's listening is that we can all walk in faith. Yes, it's very hard. Like I said, I can't imagine because I personally haven't been through it, but we can walk in faith and we can definitely continue. And that's why I created Walk in Faith, walk in faith Cancer Survivor Shoes. Yes. Amen. Thank you, Erica. Walk in faith. And yes, yes you all are truly warriors. Yeah, truly, truly. Thank you so much, Erica, for all that you do. Thank you. Yes, walking in faith. I like that. I like that. Our next speaker is Dr. Melba Stitz. Melba was born on the beautiful island of Puerto Rico. She was always very smart, intuitive, and hyper. Attention deficit hyperactivity disorder was a relatively new diagnosis. One day she dropped out of pre-medical school and enlisted in the U.S. Army. She was the first military in her family. After a few growing experiences, she went back home. Upon graduation, he continued serving as an Army research psychologist. Lieutenant Colonel Stitz went to come back and has published extensive on stress and coping. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Dr. Melville Stitz. Welcome. Hello. I'm going to try to put my, my slide here. Okay, I'm taking my time. Thanks for having me. Can you hear me good? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Okay, so quickly, um, my, my mother and my sister both had cancer. 
And actually, when I was in Iraq, my mother, it was so hard listening to my mom over the phone when we, we had access to phones saying how, how much she hurt her, the, the, the radiation. She was so burned and it would feel like someone was stabbing her, you know, and I could not do anything because I was deploying Iraq. And then later on, before she passed, she, it, it transferred to her bones. My sister, she had breast cancer as well. And then later on, it transferred to her uterus. So then one day in 2017, after my, my, we brought my father from Puerto Rico to move here with us in Hawaii, um, we took him back to see my, the rest of my siblings. Then Hurricane Maria took him. He's in heaven now. And then I went with my daughter to Pink, Victoria's Secret. And all of a sudden, we were doing mommy and daughter trying things. And I tried something and I thought it was like the, you know, the type of garment that was hurting me. So nothing, think about it, but I, you know, I believe in God. And I thought that, I think that next day, that's why I, when I woke up, I kind of touched my chest and I felt like a lump and I, you know, I got scared and I ran to her and I said, honey, can you touch here? And she's like, mommy, you have a ball. So my sister have told me, if you ever find that run to the hospital. So we went to the military hospital. So sorry, I have to claim there's no graduations or ringing bells there, but they treat you very good. So we went aggressive. I had a double mastectomy. And then during surgery, they realized, as you can see the, at the bottom, they realized it had transferred to my armpit. So they took 19 notes. And then my hair after, and, and then I have some tubes. All of you probably familiarized with the training tubes. I bought my shirts, then they, I had implants. So yeah, I had implants because the real ones, like the shirt says, try to kill me. And then I'm there trying wigs, just to be funny. I like pink, pink makes me happy. But the chemo is really uh, venom, right? So my hair kept falling and falling. There's my dog. We were trying wigs together. You can see me with the wig and then you can see her. And then my husband is there bringing me flowers. He always sat with me all the rounds of chemo were like eight. Then I had radiation 30. <clears throat> I hope you see this in a medical sense. Uh, see how burned we are? Uh, a lot of people don't see that. That's why I'm showing it with no disrespect. Uh, everything gets burned, everything. Uh, it's horrible. That's 30 of them every day. It's like you have a sun burn and you go for 30 days in a row. You only have two days off weekends because the hospital is closed. And then uh, moving on, let me see if I can see what I put here. Moving on, I had, uh, I got sick with the implants twice, even though my implants were little, I'm not that big. Uh, you see that they start moving to the side, it's called encapsulation. And they start getting very swollen and it hurt so much. I was, it was horrible. So I had, I had an explant, which it means they had a removed and since then, this was last year, since then I've been healthy. So I've been six in 2017. And so now I'm writing a book. It's called Breastless But Blessed. So far is the healing power of talking to my dead family because I became more spiritual. And my goal, if you know anyone that can interview me for an article somewhere, I just want to speak up for, you know, I'm a combat vet, but I'm a cancer survivor. And now I realize that not only I'm a minority female, Hispanic, et cetera, but I'm also a minority 
having no breast. I mean, if you go, when I went to Amazon the other day and I searched for flat tops, it says, and he said a lot of words that if you don't have said, if you have said just flat top, he said other things. And that's sad. And I also, you know, I have to accept the new generation of thinking and everything. So maybe if someone interviewed me, we can talk about, it would be helping also women in transition of gender because we have to be accepting of everyone, right? So anyway, thank you for your time. I mean, uh, I'm just coaching and trying to speak and help people. And uh, you can find me at dr. Dr. Melba, M-E-L-B-A, Stets, S-T-E-T-C dot com. God bless you all. Thank you, Dr. Melba. Thank you, Dr. Melba, for sharing your story. You guys are such an inspiration. I'm over here with teary eyes. I'm just amazed. I'm just amazed. Thank you again for sharing your story. Our next speaker is Danielle Brown. She's a two-time breast cancer survivor. Introducing our next speaker, Danielle Brown. Hi, good evening, everyone. I'm quickly sharing my screen as well. Uh, my screen can you guys see my screen we see it, it says you are sharing your screen okay don't uh, see the powerpoint oh lord okay um share i'm gonna try one more time i'm a bit nervous let's see screen don't worry i do have it pulled up on my end as well if needed oh that would be awesome Gigi. thank you so much if you could do that for me thank you you're welcome. Hi guys, I, I am Danielle and um, all the stories are so similar. Unfortunately, I did not get to ring a bell because my hospital did not provide a bell. And that gave me a thought that maybe I could somehow possible maybe generate some funding to donate a bell for the next survivors. Cause I think it's something that's very cheering and encourage, encouraging. Um, thinking about it, what is cancer? To others, it's like a death sentence. And thankfully to new modern medication, we are able to survive because I am a two times breast cancer survivor. I'm also the daughter of a three times survivor as well. My mom is battling cancer as well. So I'm here to tell that it, you, you don't have to die once you have received that diagnosis. You don't have to be like, oh my God, when is my last day? You know, live on purpose. For me, I am actually especially grateful in this week because it was three years ago that I gave my breast away to breast cancer. And I've said, I am breastless, but not breathless. So when I was first diagnosed in 2016, I had no health insurance. Luckily, I was granted... I I was one of the chosen ones to get the hospital grant that took me through the necessary screenings, getting the mammogram, the ultrasounds done to be able to move on to chemotherapy. For me, I would say this to anyone that is fighting, or even if you're not fighting or you know someone, we all desire to have a support, strong support team support team that will has the opening speaker said someone that you could talk to to express all your feelings because today is a good day tomorrow may not be a good day but you want to be supported you want to feel love going through chemotherapy at 33 years old I was only young young mom with three kids my kids became my caregivers I was my mom caretaker for the most part of her journey as well 
but it's all new to our family. We didn't plan for this. If I went to the store and they were like, oh, breast cancer is over here. I was definitely not buying it, but it came to me and I knew that it was for a reason. I believe God chose me because he knew I was going to use my story to bring empowerment to other females. And by sharing my story in 2016, I have found a lot of friends that have said to me, Daniel, it was because of your story that caused me to started taking better care of my health. You know, I wasn't expecting it to show its face again, but in 2019, cancer came back. The side effects that I had from my chemotherapy, discoloration of my tongue, my hands, my nails, I felt ugly. I felt unloved, but thanks to my family and my support system that reminded me how beautiful I was every day and that I was a strong person to be fighting and fighting with such grace. Whenever I go for chemotherapy, they call me the queen of the chemo room. I'd be coming in all my pink colors, going in for treatments, and I would just try to be happy because one doctor told me years ago, he has seen someone diagnosed with a stage one cancer surviving someone who was a stage one died and a stage three overcame because of a positive mindset. There I am, 2019, to triple negative breast cancer. I said, you know what? I won't, re I, I won't go through this chemotherapy again. I want to take my boobs off. However, the doctor said, Daniel, you still require a form of aggressive chemotherapy. That almost took my life. My appendix was ruptured during this session. My, I had to have right colon reconstruction. But here I am today to say cancer, again, it's not a death sentence. I am there beautiful, breastless, but not breathless. And I'll move on to the next slide to say, Self-care and self-love is very important. Do not wait for a lump. Go and do the necessary checks. Schedule your annual, your annual mammograms to make sure that everything's okay. During school, the teachers would tell us or show us how to put our hands behind our heads in the shower. That thing, I think it's, it's sort of played out, but we need to reinforce this to our new children and to the young generation. Take care of yourself. Early detection will save your life. And in closing, today is a good day, a good Friday, to hear all these good stories. As you can see, I exercise, I fought, I rest, and I fought some more, but I even prayed harder because I'm a true believer that if, no, if chemotherapy cannot help me, I know my Jesus saved me. Why I'm here on this good Friday to share my story with you all. So I want to thank Gigi for having me. And I do hope someone is inspired by something that I'm sharing this evening. Thanks for having me again. I'm your two times breast cancer survivor, Danielle Brown. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Gigi. You're welcome. Thank you, Danielle. Very powerful. Thank you for sharing your story, Danielle. I apologize for calling you Danielle. I apologize. I thought I saw Danielle. But Danielle, thank you so it's much okay. for sharing your story. <laughs> no, it's fine. Thank you. My mom called me Danielle. It's okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much again for sharing your story. Our next speaker, we have a couple. Corey Masek. Please forgive me if I butcher your name. And his wife, Chelsea. In 2018, Corey had a tumor the size of a football. He was a week away from a massive stroke and his doctor gave him 30 days to live. You watched my God do a miracle. Love that. He is a miracle worker. Corey told his doctor as he delivered the lymphoma diagnosis, Corey was miraculously healed by the third round of chemotherapy and had completed six rounds of chemotherapy in total. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speakers.
married couple, Corey Misek and his wife, Chelsea. Again, please forgive me if I butchered you guys' last name. That's Welcome. okay. And it's my sick, <laughs> but no sweat. <laughs> Thank you so much for, for having us. This is um, uh, an honor to be here at Gigi. Um, I just want to thank everyone. It's been amazing hearing everyone's stories. So um, I am going to share a little bit about my story and I'm going to hand it over to my beautiful wife, Chelsea, to uh, talk about what we're up to today. So uh, just a few years ago in 2018, I had swelling. My head, neck, and shoulders were swelling. Um, I thought it was allergies. I, over the course of a week, I completely lost my jawline. So I was going to the doctor and I was like, hey, I don't know what's going on. And he's like, oh, maybe it's allergies. And um, um, I, you know, we're, we're pretty holistic and we don't take allergy medicine or anything like that at all. So I was like, you know what, this isn't getting any better. So let me let me just see if, you know, an allergy medicine would, would work. So pop the allergy medicine and I continued to get swollen. So my head, neck and shoulders were completely swollen. I looked like I was taking steroids and um, I just didn't know what was going on. So I'd go every morning, I'd, I'd put my shoes on, uh, you know, as a, I'd leave for work. And I, I noticed that I would start to like black out and, and uh, get really lightheaded. And I was like, man, this is not getting, this is not getting any better. So I continued to go to work and on, uh, Friday, um, I stayed home from work Saturday. didn't get any better. And so I, I said to Chelsea, I said, you know what, let, this is not getting any better. Let's, let's go get this. Out. So we went to, um, urgent care and they checked my blood. My blood was perfect. They thought it was strep throat. Um, and they had no idea what was going on. And so they said, you know what, let's just take an x-ray and see if there's anything in your chest. So they took an x-ray and they say, oh my gosh, you have something in your chest. And we're like, this is what, what is in my chest. And so they're like, do not go home. You need to go to uh, Sharp Memorial right now and, and get this looking at, this is really serious. And so we immediately drove over to, to the hospital and they, um, they, we had a, um, we were in the hospital for about eight hours and they took a CT scan and they said, you, you know what, you're not going home and you have something in your chest. It's really, it's really large and we need to get it checked up. So we're admitted to the hospital and we have, um, uh, I get to, uh, get a biopsy. So they go through my sternum in my chest. And they take a biopsy and the doctor comes in and says, you know what, I'm diagnosing you with um, lymphoma. You have a tumor the size of a football in your chest and you are a week away from a, uh, a massive stroke and you have 30 days to live. And something just rose up on the inside of me. Oh man, it, it chokes me up just talking about it right now. But I said, you watch my God do a miracle. And I, I, I said, I respect you as a doctor. I respect you as a, as a health professional, but you watch my God do a miracle. And I don't remember what I said after that, <laughs> but apparently it was very respectful. So um, I, um, you know, we're very holistic. We, it, it took us a few days to, to really come to the conclusion, but my doctor said, Hey, we need to make a decision if you're going to choose to do chemotherapy or not. And um and so we, we prayed about it and we said, all right, God, we need three trusted um, 
leaders in our lives. So two pastors came through and another um, friend that was a doctor came through and said, you know, I think you should move forward with the, with the chemotherapy. And that was our confirmation. And we just, we prayed and believed we, we had just this incredible faith that was on the inside of us that I was going to be healed and that God was just going to take us through this thing and, and see us healed. So I actually got a word from God and he said, you know, you're going to be healed by the third round of chemo. Initially, I was supposed to do eight rounds of chemotherapy. Um, I was, in fact, miraculously healed by the third round. I had an incredible experience with Jesus and um, uh, it chokes me up. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I had this incredible experience and my doctor, I, I told my doctor, I said, hey, um, I'm healed. And she did not believe me. And so I was like, no, I want to get a CT scan. And she said, well, let me see where you're at because you've had so many CT scans. Um, and so anyway, we had the CT scan and then sure enough, the, the tumor was completely gone. So praise Jesus for that. And she um, had me continue to do uh, rounds four, five, and six of the chemo. And it was the hardest thing I've ever experienced in my life. Um, the most difficult thing. And um, so, yeah, I'm going to hand it over to uh, Chelsea now. And she's going to talk a little bit more about what we are up to today. Hi, everybody. I'm Chelsea. Um, so to jump right in where he was at, um, in the middle of all the chemo rounds, we were in the hospital and I remember Corey praying this prayer. He said, God, if you get me through this, if you heal me, I will dedicate the rest of my life to help others who are in this situation. And, and that's where this was born out of. Um, we have a business now, Victor's Path. That name was rooted in the after fact. Um, we didn't feel comfortable with saying you're a survivor of cancer. It feels like he got off a roller coaster or something. No, he's a victor over cancer in Jesus name. And so our business Victor's path leads people into places of victory in all areas of their life. And, and um, we're just so passionate about that. Our why with what we do is we never want another couple or another individual to be in the place at diagnosis of feeling like there's nowhere to go. You don't know where to turn to all the confusion, the fear, the overwhelming anxiety that comes. We want to be a resource and be an option for coaching for people going through that season to offer hope and let's get you resources let's get you what needs to be done practically to step into victory right now in all areas of your life yeah. and for the sake of time you know our faith is our everything it is the core it is is who we are why we do what we do um and we clung to certain verses in the hospital the first one is first first corinthians 15 57 it talks about being given the victory in jesus the next is luke 10 19 where it says we have been given authority to trample on mm -hmm. snakes scorpions all power of the enemy yeah. and nothing by any means will harm us and the third one is john 11 4 where jesus says this sickness will not end in in death, but to glorify the name of God. Um, so look up those verses, cling to them. And um, my heart personally is for caregivers. I was Corey's full-time caregiver. I quit my job when he was diagnosed to be there full-time um, because I didn't want him going through it alone. Um, 
in my heart, if, if you're watching, if you're a caregiver, know that you are seen, yeah. that you are so seen and that you are so loved. And what you're doing is so important. You get to love your person into victory. You get to be there. You get to be that source of joy. You get to be that help. You get to be that. You get to link arms with them yeah. to see victory in every area of their life and yours as well. So just know that you are seen and you are loved. So we are very excited. On uh, Monday, we are launching our newest product, our flagship product, actually. It's called the Cancer Journey Blueprint, a guide to choosing victory over cancer. Um, and it is a resource. It's a booklet, um, ebook, and then a printed book option um, with just all the areas of life, strengthening your mindset, protecting your atmosphere, nutrition, foods to eat and whatnot, mindset, um, faith, lifting faith, power, prayer, anything and everything that you can imagine during the cancer journey. We want to give you this resource because at diagnosis, it's scary, it's confusing, but let's get you on solid ground. Let's stick a foundation under your feet for you to use as a compass and where to go. You can find that at cancerjourneyblueprint.com. Sign up for the email list right now, and then we're launching on Monday. So we're so excited to bring that to the world as just an epic resource for the journey. Amen. Thank you, Corey and Kelsey. And I, I do have a question for the both of you. You mentioned prayer and how it's, it's helped you get through this. If somebody does not have a relationship with God, but they want to have a relationship with him and they want to begin to pray, where can they begin? Oh, it's an authenticity and a vulnerability. Um, and, you know, I mean, we have the internet and all the Bible versions available, but what it really comes down to is just saying, hey, you know, God, I, I recognize that I need you. I recognize that I need, I need a savior and I need healing. Um, and I ask you to come into my life. I ask you, I ask you to see me where I'm at. And that's the beautiful thing. No matter where you're at, no matter your past, no matter what you've been through, yeah. he's still here for you and he still cares for you and he will still meet you where you're at. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, it's, it's all a journey. There's no perfect prayer. There's no perfect way about doing yeah. it. It's just a conversation with the Lord and inviting him into your life and recognizing that you need him. We all need him. Um, I pray that prayer almost on a daily basis because <laughs> I've never made it. Um, but it's just an invitation for him to join your life and to partner with you in right where you're at. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Congratulations so much. on you guys' launch for Monday. I'm excited Thank for you guys. You. Thank you so much. So excited. Luke 1019 is one of my favorite scriptures. I read it every day. Thank you guys so much for sharing your story. You. Powerful couple. I love it. Thank you for supporting your husband. Thank you for supporting your wife. You guys are awesome. You guys rock. You guys rock. <laughs> so um, I'm going to give a shout out to our sponsors. Ragne Sinika, she is the founder of World Women's Conference and Awards, Women Entrepreneurs, TV, Changemakers Coach, Public Speaker, Michael D. Butler. He is the CEO of Beyond Publishing, Book Publisher, Global Speaker, Media Coach, Danielle Gomez, Keynote Speaker, Corporate Trainer, Executive Coach, Confidence Architect, and Author. Melanie Ake, she is the founder of Everyday Leader. She's professional coaching and consulting, a certified John Maxwell Team Leadership Coach, and myself, Dr. Lakeisha James. I am the owner and founder of Design Events by Lakeisha. Our next speaker 
is Catrice Nolan. She is an author, speaker, and cancer survivor. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Catrice Nolan. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Lakeisha, for that, um, that introduction. I appreciate that. Um, I'm also I'm going to speak to you all today about my cancer journey and what I've learned from it and how it can help others. Uh, first, just want to check that, make sure. Uh, Lakeisha, can you see my screen? Yes, ma'am. I can. Yes. Yes. Okay. Excellent. Thank you. So I'm going to talk to everyone today about bringing hope to the fight. Um, have you ever wondered what would you do if you're faced with a life-altering situation? Would you fight or would you flight? So many of us have heard that we as humans have two natural responses when we're faced with something dire. And that is one to fight. And that essentially you're going to stay and you're going to deal with the threat that you're being faced with. Or are you going to run to safety? So I want to tell you a little bit about my journey and what I chose to do. So that was a pivotal moment for me when in January, 2013, um, I was faced with a situation where I detected um, that one breast had swollen much larger than the other, or slightly larger than the other at the time. I immediately went to the doctor. Um, he immediately ordered a mammogram. I was only 37, about to be 38 years old. So um, it was definitely not something I had gone through before, but I went through the mammogram and nothing was detected. So the doctor ordered some antibiotics for me, thinking that perhaps it's just some sort of infection and it would be cleared. But about two weeks later, it was definitely evident that it was not an infection. I couldn't button my shirt. It had swelled up that much in a matter of just two weeks. So I took action. I took action. I called um, the breast surgeon's office. I got an appointment scheduled. Um, they told me it was going to be two weeks. I'm sorry, not two weeks, two months to be seen. And I thought, you know what? In two weeks, I've had a swollen breast to the point that I can't button my shirt. I don't think we want to see where I would be in two months. And so I pleaded to be seen and I was seen uh, later that week. And that was my fight or flight, at least in that instance. It was to ensure that I was an advocate for myself and that I would be seen by the doctor. And you know what? Because I fought to be seen, she took one look at me. One look, there was nothing in the mammogram, but just that one look, she said, I think you have inflammatory breast cancer. I had never heard those terms before. And I immediately looked it up. And here you can see that it's an aggressive form of breast cancer, it has multiple signs and, and ways in which it can present itself. But unfortunately, it does not come in the form of a lump and it is not detected on a mammogram. And like many others, um, you're commonly misdiagnosed with mastitis, which is why the doctor prescribed the antibiotic. So faced with that dire situation, again, I could have chosen to ball up and say, what was me? There's this devastating disease I've been diagnosed with and have no hope. But instead I chose to fight and I chose to fight with hope. And I want to share with others how you can bring hope to the fight. That hope in my instance came in a form of help. It's okay to ask and accept help in many forms. 
And the many forms of help that I received were in support to my immediate family, to my immediate family. My husband and I at the time had three young children. And so it was um, having someone help babysit when I went for treatment. It was having the daycare provider um, assist us and taking our child to uh, counseling while I was being treated. It was food being provided to our family. Some people consider themselves to be very strong and don't want to either accept or ask for help. And I was one of those people. And it was actually my mom who actually said to me one day, you know, I know you want to be strong, but at this moment in time, perhaps this is a moment where someone wants to help you and as God giving them the opportunity to help someone. And if you don't let them help, then perhaps there's a blessing that you may not allow them to have and the ability to actually help someone. The O and hope is outlook and opportunity. Like my mom said, sometimes you have to give others an opportunity to help or excel in their duties. Um, perhaps it's time for you to step back and heal yourself physically and your well-being and allow them, them to move forward. And then the E is empowered. You are authorized to put yourself first. There's many instances where we're sick. We think that, you know, we have to take care of everyone else that's feeling the pain, you know, mentally of what you're going through. But it's that time that you're going to have to put yourself first and that you're going to allow others to help and empower you to make sure that you are going along that healing path and that others can also get help if needed who are in your immediate um, circle of support. And so that form, uh, that, that fight that I chose to have, um, that's my family that's surrounding me, that's my mother, but when I had just come out of surgery. And um, now it's, you know, just I just celebrated eight years back in November. So I'm in year nine of being a, a survivor. And that comes with sharing my story, um, being diagnosed with something so aggressive as stage three inflammatory breast cancer. Um, I've shared my story in places like the Washington Post um, with a reporter about how I was able to advocate for myself. It also comes in supporting other nonprofits such as the IBC Network Foundation, uh, such as local um, breast cancer nonprofits, such as the Stepsisters. Uh, it's walking in walks, it's joining the others and sharing the message, just like many of us are sharing our message today. And it also comes in the form of a book. So I was blessed to be able to write a book called I've Been Diagnosed Now What? and how you too can be courageous in a moment where you feel perhaps the, the least courageous of all, that this is your opportunity to surround yourself with others that can help you to, um, to find that courage that yes, we do, all of us, we have it in ourselves. Uh, and so um, you can find me on multiple platforms on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, and I, I so appreciate this opportunity, Gigi, to be here with so many other courageous cancer survivors and caregivers and sharing our stories. Thank you, Catrice, and congratulations on eight years. Thank you, thank you so much. Congratulations, thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, so we have one more speaker, and after that, we're gonna have some words from our hosts, some closing remarks, and then of course, we're gonna close out with prayer by me. You guys ready for the last speaker? Yes, ma'am. She has a very long bio, so I'm sorry I had to scroll up. <laughs> um, her name is Lizieth Alvarado. That, Did I pronounce that correctly? Lizieth Al Alvarado. Okay. Yes. Okay. 
lives her life by love yourself first. She is the owner of Epic Beauty RX and the Greater Washington Academy of Permanent Makeup at Epic Beauty RX is where she restores beauty for breast cancer survivors, beauty enhancement treatments and procedures. She is a licensed master permanent makeup tattoo artist and pro eyelash extension stylist and trainer. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our last speaker and I'm gonna butcher your name again, please forgive me. Lazieth? Lazieth. Welcome. Yeah, Alvarado, welcome. <laughs> I'm sorry. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Gigi, for reaching out and, and inviting me to be here on the panel. And I, I'm so touched by everybody's stories. And um, I am, I'm not a survivor. I haven't been affected uh, personally, have had cancer or anything like that. But I do work with women who have been affected. And then there are some men as well, um, mostly breast cancer. Uh, I also am on the board for We Will Survive a Cancer Organization. So, um, you know, we do a lot of outreach, uh, community outreach, and help those who are families who are in need uh, that have been affected by cancer. So uh, I really enjoy those, doing those philanthropic efforts um, because they're, you know, it's, it's just, um, it's, it's a, you know, a lot of people have just, it's unbelievable. The numbers just keep rising and going up and so many people being affected by this. Um, and um, how did I get into, this industry, well, I wasn't, I always had a love and, and passion for beauty. Uh, and when I was in high school, I'd be the go-to girl to do uh, hair and makeup for my friends. And then, um, you know, my mom, she was always like, you have to go to college, you got to go to school. And, you know, I always dreamed of having my own day spa one day. Uh, so I did go to George Mason University. I graduated in public relations. And then um, I had a career out and did uh, finance. And then I was in business development for a big bank. And then, um, but I always did the, the, the lashes and the makeup and the and, and all of that on the side. And that was always my side business. So evenings and weekends, I was out doing weddings and doing anything that had to do with that. Um, then about six years ago, when eyebrow uh, tattooing became very popular, I was, I became, I said, I have to learn how to do these uh, microbladed eyebrows that look super duper natural. And, you know, I could do that with the lashes. And then I was very excited about it. Um, then when I was in permanent makeup school, I learned of other things that you could do with a permanent makeup machine and, and tattooing. And when I, I learned that we could recreate areola uh, with the tattooing, as well as um, scar camouflaging and scalp micropigmentation for hair loss, I, I knew that that was, this is what I was meant to be doing um, because I always had a I always wanted to help some way, somehow. I thought it was with, with children who have been affected by cancer, but I, I was like, I'm not gifted to be a doctor or anything like that. Um, but I am gifted with um, being able to, you know, help other people feel beautiful again about themselves. So I, I do love what I do because it, it's helping women feel whole again. It's helping them feel complete, especially after going through so much, um, you know, chemo, radiation. And then the more I keep hearing uh, stories about it, it just just makes me feel like, you know, I'm, I'm doing what I'm meant to be doing in the world and I'm, I'm fulfilling a purpose and then, you know, helping others to be able to um, have some kind of like rebirth of themselves, you know, and I, that's how I, I look at it, you know, and it's almost like a second chance to life. It's a, it's a second, you know, it's a way of um, just feeling more like you have, um, 
looking at your life a lot differently, especially um, after going through so much. And, and I love to be able to be a part of that. And so, um, you know, I'm just, I'm really touched by all of your stories and it's, it's a really, um, really puts a lot of things into perspective. And I, I'm really proud of all of you for all that you've, you've done to, to push through your strength, um, your will, and then your, your, your positive mindset, uh, despite of, of through it all. And you really are an inspiration to a lot of people. And um, I just, um, I think that it's just amazing, you know, that you all are really um, the heroes here and, and being able to continue to push through and then um, be an inspiration for others as well who are going through this. So um, I'm, I'm Thank, thank you so much for uh, helping me be here, uh, Gigi. Um, I, I hope that you know I can help you all in some way, shape, or form. Um, I do have a podcast show that I do about once a month, and it's called The Laws of Epic Beauty because um, I, I really enjoy doing that because although I'm I'm, I'm able to help people. Uh, you know, redo their outer beauty, you know, kind of with the makeup and permanent makeup. Um, but it's also more about that inner beauty that is more important. It's the inner beauty. It's how you feel about yourself. It's how um, beautiful you feel on the inside. And I think a lot of it has to do with having that purpose in life, finding your purpose. Um, when you feel like you're living your purpose and then you're surrounded with the right people in your life, um, you know, and having God and putting God first and having that relationship, I believe that's just so important to helping us feel beautiful inside. So the podcast webcast show is about helping others um, to be able to um, feel connected to the speakers that come on the platform and, you know, helping them to connect to their inner layers of your own beauty, because we all have our gifts and we all have our beauty that's inside. And, you know, I just hope that we can all find that gift that we have so that we can feel good about living our lives. So um, I'm very passionate about that because I remember when I worked in corporate America, I always felt like, you know, I'm like, God, is this really my purpose? I felt like just this fire inside of me that was burning um, that I just felt like there was, I was not living my, what I was meant to be doing. And it's a very uncomfortable feeling to be in that. It's also very uncomfortable when you are lost. Uh, I think a lot of what we do for a living, you feel so lost in the world. And um, I also battled depression and that was awful. And um, I'm grateful to be in a place where I'm at today um, because uh, I was able to, to push through a lot of the things that came with that. So, um, you know, so I, I do, I love having the show because through the guest, um, everybody has a story and everybody has been through something in life. And it's about how you get out of that, you know, because our life, everybody's life looks perfect on social media. And you see people who are high achievers who are just doing uh, amazing and you can see them on there and you're like, wow, her life looks perfect. Um, but I think it's, it's just amazing how we are all human. We all go through something. And um, I love to hear people's stories and be able to learn from them. And um, it's a great way to feel connected and to bring communities together. And so I think it's so great, Gigi, what you're doing here, you're bringing communities together and making people feel like they're not alone. And I, I think it's so important to have that support and community and um, being able to be there for each other. So 
um, thank you all for everything that you're doing. I think it's just amazing. And I am just, um, I'm just truly inspired by all of you. Amen. Thank you, Lizette. And as you mentioned, keep God first. And also everyone goes through something. Everyone goes through something. Never give up. Keep God first. Thank you, Lizette. Thank you for having me. Thank you for sharing your story. Okay, we're going to have some closing remarks by our host, Gigi Sabat, and then we're going to close out with prayer. Absolutely. First and foremost, I want to say thank you all for being here today. Thank you all for listening in. If you're listening in, if you're here with us or if you're on social media tuning in or the podcast. And also, too, I want to say thank you to our sponsors, all of our sponsors. We truly appreciate each and every one of you. And now at this time, I want to recognize the fact that some folks are, are currently in the hospital right now and they may be listening to this message as well. And, or there's a, a folks, folks with a family member who may have cancer, battling cancer right now. And, and if you're listening to this message, I, I want everyone to know that you're not alone. You're not alone. You heard from these amazing speakers today that there, that there is hope, that there is hope. And, and to hold on to faith. And, you know, one of my favorite verses is Joshua 1.9. Joshua 1.9 states, haven't I commanded you be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for your Lord, your God is with you wherever you go. Therefore, God is with you right now. If you're listening to this message today, right, right now, he's with you right now. And wherever you go, don't give up. Hold on, hold on to God. Hold on to faith. There's hope. There's hope. These folks are a walking, talking testimony that there is hope. Never give up. I believe in you. You will get through this. I believe in you. You are all truly warriors. And we do have a Facebook community. It's called the Global Cancer Discussion Group. And we also have the Global Breast Cancer Discussion Group as well. And we'd love for you to join in our community. And we want you all to know that you're not alone. We support you. Thank you. Okay, we're gonna close on in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father, for this day. We thank you, Father, for this day that you've made, and we're resilient and rejoicing. We thank you, Father, for this platform. We thank you for these amazing survivors' words that share in their story, Father. And you know, we always say, our story is not meant for us, it's meant for someone else. So we impact one person, Father, we've done our job. We thank you right now for their voices, for them being able to share their story, that they're still a walking, talking testimony, Father. We thank you right now, Father, that you are our protector, you are our provider, you are our comforter, Father. We thank you, Father, for the, for the strength, for the courage, Father, in the name of Jesus. We thank you right now, Father, for what you're doing in all of our lives, Father. We thank you for touching the ones that's inside the hospital that's dealing with something, Father. Any illness, Father, cancer, it can be depression, Father. We thank you right now for touching them right now because by your stripes they're already healed. We thank you, Father, for what you're doing on this day. We thank you, Father, for each and every person. We thank you for their family. We thank you for each and every person that's on this platform. We thank you for Gigi, Father. We thank you for giving her direction, Father, 
giving her that that in her belly father that she's birthing father that she talk about topics that no one else discussed it was just thank you for her voice father we thank you for the overwhelming impact that this is making in the world in the mighty name of jesus father we thank you father that your word said no weapon formed against us shall prosper and every time that shall rise up against the judgment you shall condemn father it was formed but it did not prosper father we thank you right now father for giving us that opportunity to be a warrior father a vessel for you father we thank you for this day this day father we're going to command our day regardless of what it looks like regardless of what it seems like father it is not so we give you all the honor the praise and the glory in jesus name amen amen remember god is with you keep god first and never give up thank you all god bless you all have a blessed day Thank you.